Our governor calls Utah the startup capital of the world, and it tracks. We've got a fast-growing, well-educated population and a buzzing economy. And just last week, Utah unveiled the Startup State Initiative, a resource portal for entrepreneurs. From step-by-step -step guides to a business plan generator, startup.utah.gov is now the first stop for starting or growing a business here. That's startup.utah.gov. Here is what Salt Lake's talking about. Today is the first day of Utah's legislative session, which means senators and representatives from around the state will spend the next 45 days up at the Capitol, making laws, passing a budget, and reading our angry emails. So what's on the agenda as they climb the steps to work this morning? And should Salt Lakers be girding for any surprises? It's Tuesday, January 16th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Katie McKellar, senior reporter with the Utah News Dispatch. We have got new leadership in House Speaker Mike Schultz and the old guard in Senate President Stuart Adams. It's a make new friends but keep the old situation. They are tasked with laying out the Republican priorities for the session. What is at the top of their list? There are a lot of priorities at the top of their list. Um, I think one of them that comes up for both of them is energy. There's going to be a lot of discussion around kind of pushing back against federal restrictions and keeping coal fire power plants open. Um, Speaker Schultz and President Adams have talked about that a lot. Interesting. Um, I think the details about what that looks like is they'll kind of come as bills are filed. But there's a lot of talk about um, energy and making sure Utah, you know, has a, they say, dispatchable energy and that anything that's not affected by federal restrictions and they're going to find ways to fight back. Okay, that's interesting because I, I mean, it was just this morning I was reading a story and I think the headline was, this is Cole's swan song, <laughs> but not in Utah. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think what they're concerned about is the federal re regulations around the Clean Air Act. Um, they have talked about how they're concerned that that's going to shut down coal plants early. But mm. at the same time, President Adams talked to me about how Utah's focused on also expanding different types of energy. And, okay. um, but that takes time and they don't want to make sure plants are closed early. But, you know, those federal regulations come in this larger conversation around climate change and um, what we need to do to make sure we're not, you know, damaging our ozone further. So that's going to be a big discussion. I don't have specifics yet on bills or legislation, but expect some bills around that. <laughs> okay. What else are they worried about? Um, so DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, is going to be a topic of discussion. Representative Hall and Senator Grover have a bill they plan to run that sounds like leadership is behind to address uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion statements and questions in hiring and admissions in public schools and state facilities. Expect a conversation around that. There is a big focus from the governor on housing and homelessness in his budget. And I think 
through the budget process, we'll see if that gets prioritized to the fullest extent to the point that the governor's asking for. That'll, that might be a debate and some policy decisions around housing and how to try to get those 35,000 starter homes that the governor wants by 2028. And yeah. um, homelessness, the governor's talked a lot about enabling cities to enforce anti-camping ordinances. So hmm. that's also going to be a whole thing. Which Salt Lake already does. We enforce an anti-camping ordinance here. Right. Uh, his his budget calls for more funding to expand for, you know, non-congregate shelters throughout the state and other shelter facilities while, like, stabilizing and bolstering our current shelter facility. But the details of that and to what extent the legislature will fund that is kind of a big question mark right now. Yeah. It feels like last year the kind of big budget ask that Governor Cox had was around public transit and free fares. And we saw the legislature say, I, I think the exact quote was, nothing's free, right? And they kind of right. issued that proposal. This year, to your point, he's asking for $193 million for homelessness, $185 million for housing. What are we hearing? Like, do we expect that this is going to be a bit of a showdown? I'm not sure about a showdown. I think it really does kind of come down to the budget process and how much money there is. Um, We're already hearing legislative leaders talk about how it is going to be a tighter budget year as the economy cools and as federal stimulus winds down. Um, They do have some new funding to appropriate, but it's not as much as past years. And Mm. uh, to the legislature's credit, they have put more money toward housing and homelessness in the past couple of years than they have historically. But if governor's got some big ass and whether they fund it fully is kind of the question. Um, But the speaker and Adams are both really enthusiastic about housing. It's a top priority for them. And so I think we will see some energy around housing. Would it be safe to say then, do you think that around the issue of housing and homelessness and Again, like this feels like a huge one for Salt Lakers, that what we might see from the legislature this session is policy proposals, but not necessarily a ton of funding. Oh, I think we'll we'll see both. I think there is a commitment Mm -hmm. to see significant funding toward housing. Um, Policy is is a tricky one, but I think it's a priority as well uh, for the governor and legislative leaders to see what they can do to incentivize cities to uh, do their part in building more homes and the types of homes they want to see. The governor wants to see more single-family starter homes. Um, I think there's also the, you know, the question around should cities be doing more to zone for higher density, which are typically, in this market, the (laughs) more affordable type of home. But people really have a hard time with that discussion, right? Higher density is, you know, people see that as threats to their neighborhood's character and they can bring more people and more traffic. And so um, I think they're going to try to be careful around that discussion. And there's a whole list of kind of really wonky (laughs) housing policy discussions that I'll be watching But that will be a focus. I mean, one of the things that we always hear during the legislative session is that technically the Utah legislature only has one job, and that's to pass the budget. Are there any other noticeable differences between the governor's vision for the budget and the legislature's vision for the budget? 
another thing that Schultz and Adams were really focused on in their priorities and there's they're excited about is transportation. Okay. A lot of I don't by car <laughs> or <laughs> when I asked that both Schultz and Adams talked about wanting to focus on a multimodal approach, but they can't they say that it's not like they're going to not put any money toward roads and highways. They say the growth's already here. So one one of the things Schultz said was one of the worst things for air quality is to have a highway that's completely con- congested and gridlocked. So we need to focus on money and further investment on both our highways and, and freeways and multimodal transportation. Schultz was really wanting to prioritize front runner. You know, last year they talked about double tracking front runner. This year I think will be a focus again. So probably expect some more investment for front runner. And Schultz talked about the last mile issues um, with transit. So again, devil's in the details here, but he is interested in trying to put more money toward last mile transit, Um, you know, getting off that bus stop and getting to your workplace or getting home. It's funny that it feels like last year the theme of the governor's budget was public transit. The legislature was like, meh, this year. (laughs) The governor's like, housing and homelessness. And the legislature's like, public transit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I think the governor and legislative leaders are fairly aligned as far as what their priorities are. But again, there's only so much money to go around, um, which is kind of funny to say when it's like a $29.5 billion budget. But a lot of that has already been appropriated and there's only so much new money. So we we shall see. But yeah, the, the focus for big budget priorities, I would say housing and homelessness for the governor transit for legislators, um, probably see more investment in water, um, but maybe not as much as years past because there's still so much unspent money floating around from last year for for water projects. Hmm. Is that why we aren't really hearing much about the Great Salt Lake yet? Because there's a rally planned for this Saturday, the 20th at the Capitol. Activists are wondering, what's the plan for the lake? Yeah. I mean, a lot was done last year for the Great Salt Lake. So it kind of, it's like, what else could they do? I mean, there's there's so much more. It's such a big issue. But the governor did include some asks for the for uh, water and the Great Salt Lake in his budget. Um, so I don't think they're going to just stop paying attention to that issue. Mother's Day is on the horizon, and the good news is that you can find everything you need at Harmon's. Whether it's a little something to brighten Mom's Day or a memorable spread, here are a few ideas. For breakfast, try Harmon's house-baked cinnamon rolls with freshly squeezed orange juice and a package of fresh-cut strawberries. If you're spicing it up with Bloody Marys, don't forget that Harmon's has an olive bar with over 12 different varieties. Now, flowers are the perennial favorite, and you can order online or pop by the store last minute. Shop succulents, potted plants, and elaborate arrangements. May's flower of the month is the hydrangea. Very appropriate. Hydrangeas are fragrant and elegant. And if sweets are in order, Harmon's has added raspberry to their selection of brownie flavors. Find all mom's favorites at your local Harmon's or order online at harmonsgrocery.com. 
Epic Brewing is one of the OGs in building Utah's craft beer scene. But I am most excited about their recent adventures in canned cocktails. First, they released the Utah Mule. And as a big fan of ginger, I have been sipping those for almost a year now. But now, this April, we have the Utah Margarita. A delicious, locally fermented blend of real lime and agave. And they create alcohol by fermenting cane sugar instead of using tequila. Which means you can buy Utah Margaritas at the grocery store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita or Utah Mule at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's. Or you can visit Epic Brewery on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. They're open seven days a week. And this fall, look out for the Utah Cosmo. It's interesting talking through some of these Republican priorities with you. And of course, it matters because what leadership decides matters is what we're going to get the most bills on. And they're the most likely to pass during this session. But it all seems fairly localized, like, you know, transit and housing and energy and Utah issues. And then you bring up this diversity, equity, and inclusion sort of note, which feels like a culture war issue. It doesn't feel local. It feels national. Like, why are our lawmakers still devoting time to some of these culture war debates when we have so many other priorities that they themselves have pointed to? Right. I I mean, I think a lot of critics will you know, point to that and say, why is Utah focusing on this? Um, What I would say is something the governor has said in the past, which is, and he kind of says it resentfully, it used to be all politics was local. Now it feels like all politics is national. And I think that's Mm. really true. In the national sphere, DEI has cropped up as kind of that next issue. Uh, We saw it with critical race theory. Now it's DEI. But talking with sponsors of DEI bills, they they say these are issues that their constituents do care about, and it's not like they're going to ignore them. So um, that's why that we'll see a focus on that. All politics is national now, <laughs> not just local. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we hear the governor talking about recently, and even new Speaker Schultz, is the Utah way that we manage consistently to subvert national division, that we collaborate well, that we're a state that really likes to get things done. The governor himself is leading a campaign encouraging us to disagree better. Have they kind of answered for how that might conflict with this effort to get rid of diversity, equity, and inclusion momentum? Like, have we heard from them on how those things might be in conflict? You know, I talked about this with Speaker Schultz. When he got newly elected as Speaker, he his his message was similar. It's not like we're going to have these disagreements and we're going to, you know, not agree or, or on party lines on some things in this session. But he said his plea to people is to try to think about not just partisan bickering, but how we agree to disagree, and how we approach that is what matters. But I think that is going to be tricky for him um, in a session that is focusing on really hot, like heated issues like DEI, 
And we haven't even touched on the transgender bathroom and other facility restrictions. That's also expected. I think it's hard for groups that look at these issues and see them as attacks on who they are or attacks on opportunities for them Hmm. and also still maintain respectful demeanor during these debates. And Hmm. so I think that that could be a challenge. Schultz has, you know, said it's about how we disagree that matters, but that is difficult when there are debates that that leaves groups feeling attacked. It's kind of like how telling someone you're sorry they feel that way isn't an apology. I feel like it's a little, sometimes it gets to a place where it's analogous to that. But we're certainly going to hear more about these issues all legislative session long. I mean, one of the reasons that we can't just shake our heads at any particular idea, even if it doesn't feel like it's part of Utah's imagination or goals, is that Republicans have a supermajority in the legislature. And so if these leaders decide that something is important to them, like come hell or high water, they can get it done. And what that really means is they don't need Democrats to pass any legislation. They can even overturn Governor Cox's vetoes and have in the past. Does it even matter what Democrats' priorities are this session? (laughs) Or should I skip that question with you? (laughs) No, I mean, in my interview with um, Speaker Schultz, he did say, you know, we're going to get stuff done regardless of whether we have the Democrats' support. But he did say that he does care about working with Democrats, and he, he promised to do that. And that goes along with the lines of, you know, it's how we disagree and how we um, debate that matters. And I did talk with Senator Escamilla, the Senate Minority Leader, the House Minority Leader, Angela Romero. They both have really great personal relationships with Speaker Schultz. They're, they praise his character. They think mm-hmm. he's a good leader. Um they think he's a great communicator. Um, and so the speaker is starting with this kind of reputation is even though they don't align on certain issues, they still have a, a good relationship with at least Democrats' leadership. Hmm. Um, and I think the question for this session is, you know, having these tough conversations, especially like DEI and transgender bathroom and facility restrictions, can those relationships, you know, survive those difficult conversations. So I guess we'll see. But he is starting out with, you know, some respect from Democratic leadership. And we'll see if that continues. On the note about division, it's not even necessarily Republicans be Democrats, because within his own party, there's been some division. And especially around some of these, you know, quote unquote, hot topics that have to do with someone's identity. Do we know how Speaker Schultz plans to strike a balance between the goals of more moderate and more radical factions of his own party, the Republican Party? Yeah, he talked about how that is one of his biggest challenges, kind of bringing together or navigating the more staunch um, Republican side of the House with the more moderate side. And he talked about how there was a recent shift with, you know, most recent elections that that the House has turned, you know, a a bit more staunch Republican, um, Mm. more far right. And so he does have to navigate that. To him, he's just focused on finding 
um, what he called win-win solutions um, that put Utahns first is kind of his motto. What that looks like, we'll see. (laughs) I think we'll see that play out in a lot of these debates. Yeah. But one of the things he did point to and one of the strategies I think we'll see, um, this doesn't just have to do with Republicans, but also Democrats um, and other stakeholders is he he expects more pairing of issues. You remember last Hmm. year we saw teacher pay and school choice, school vouchers get paired up. We also saw the uh, constitutional amendment for the removal of sales tax on food paired up with the education earmark removal. Yeah. And so he said to expect more of that. And I know a lot of people didn't really appreciate that strategy, but to him, he said that is a way where we can take both sides and kind of force them to deal with both like all issues and find a compromise somehow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And, and And he liked it. So I think we should expect more of that. That's interesting Mm -hmm. to hear him refer to that as a compromise, because I feel like members on either side of that debate would think of it more as a handcuffing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They felt like it was more of a contingent argument. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A twisting of the arms. Yeah. On the note of bills that generate buzz, what is a bill that you've seen either filed or previewed that might generate a lot of buzz this season? Session oh. season. I'm talking about the legislature like it's the real housewives of Salt Lake City. <laughs> like this season on the Utah legislature. <laughs> well, on this season, I think yeah. we've already seen some buzz around Representative Berkland's lottery um, constitutional amendment bill. I'm so interested in this. Tell me more. I think a lot of people are. I mean, I'll, I've heard from people who I don't usually see or hear read the news. And they're like, what? Is Utah going to legalize the lottery? (laughs) I'm like, okay. Well, In this economy, we all know whether or not we can buy a scratch off. That is news you can use. That's Bidenomics. Yeah. (laughs) And I just had a story post about this. It's a really interesting bill. Um, Berkland wants to address property taxes. She says she's hearing a lot from her constituents about feeling pinched by property taxes, especially those on fixed incomes. And she's, you know, struggled to find a way to reduce that without finding a new revenue stream. And Mm -hmm. so she's like, well, we could generate a new revenue stream by legalizing the lottery. She estimated about $200 million are lost to other states from Utahns going to other states and doing lottery tickets there. (laughs) And so um, she sees $200 million there as an opportunity. But I think this bill could run into some trouble. Speaker Schultz Mm. is intrigued by it, though. He even told me he thinks it could pass the House, although question mark around whether it could meet that two-thirds threshold needed for a constitutional amendment. But it sounds like also from Brooklyn that she's hearing some intrigue from her fellow colleagues in the House. And so expect a debate on that. Um, And it sounds like Schultz will give it a a chance in the House. But President Adams in the Senate does not like the idea. He, oh. he he worries that a lottery and gambling, you know, preys on vulnerable people, like low-income people. And so he said that it's likely to run into some trouble in the Senate. And he personally it doesn't really like it. And we heard from the governor. He doesn't like the idea either. But again, the governor doesn't need to sign a constitutional amendment. 
So interesting. Watch for that one. It's going to be an interesting debate. Well, Katie, you've been covering the legislature for a really long time. We've had you on the show in the past to talk specifically as well about housing, which was your beat. This is the first session that you're reporting for the Utah News Dispatch, the state's newest news organization. Welcome to the fold. What can we expect from the dispatch? Give us a little preview. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, yeah, so I was at Dozen News for 10 years. It was really hard to leave. I loved working for them. But this opportunity came up to work uh, for this new outlet being opened in Utah that's under the umbrella of a national nonprofit called States Newsroom. And States okay. Newsroom over the past several years has been opening uh, outlets in almost all the, all states um, focused on nonpartisan policy, like state government and policy reporting. And so they see this as um, a model to fill a void in local journalism. You know, people who are solely focused on state government and policy, kind of those tough issues that take a lot of time investment and, you know, devote a, a little newsroom to that. And so we just have a small team. It's me, my editor-in-chief, Mackenzie Romero, uh, Kyle Dunphy, and Alex L. Cabrera. And it's the four of us for now. And we're we're just getting started. And people can find us at utahnewsdispatch.com. Hey, teams of four can get a lot done. Yes. Take it from us. <laughs> Katie McKellar, senior reporter with the Utah News Dispatch. Congratulations. Thank you so much for your time and good luck. Thank you, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.